For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The Expertise Panel. Brought to you by Dilma. Do try it. Yes, this is the Dilmar panel here on Mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball in the hot seat for Smithy while he's on the road with the Cricket World Cup. Uh, joining us, uh, our expertise for today is a man uh, whose name is now synonymous, I should say, if I can say it, uh, with rugby journalism in this country. Uh, he's written many books, including Brothers in Black, Jamie Wall. G'day, how are you? Oh, good morning, Ricardo. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, no problem at all. And, uh, and, and, and our other expertise uh, comes from a man who has uh, commentated at Olympic Games, at Com Games, at uh, a whole bunch of uh, other sports, including, I think, baseball as well. He was our baseball commentator for a while for the Tuatara. Mark Watson, g'day, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you, Ricardo. Yeah, yeah, no, thoroughly enjoyed the baseball with the Tuatara. It's been, um, it's been somewhat sad that we just haven't had them playing over the last sort of two years due to COVID, but hopefully we're all back in action at the end of the year. Yeah, fingers crossed it'd be good to get them uh, back swinging as it were. Hey, gentlemen, let's uh, start uh, our topics today by talking about the Chiefs beating the Crusaders. First time in, I believe, what, six years that a Chiefs team have gone and uh, won in Christchurch. Jamie, did you did you see it coming? Or was, For me, it was one of those games I went, this is going to be an arm wrestle, but in the end, the Crusaders will win? I uh, certainly didn't see the result coming. I, I was tapping the Crusaders uh, last week, obviously. You know, they haven't won in Christchurch since 2016, but barely anyone else has either. So, you know, that, uh, I think the Crusaders have a, have a very big home ground advantage that they, um, that they take in as a bit of a mental edge into each, each home game. Um, uh, perhaps, perhaps the crowd not being there uh, helped the Chiefs a little bit, but even then, um, the, the Chiefs did have to do it the hard way, you know, coming back with that 11-point deficit and did so in the last six minutes. But I have to say, I have to say, after they scored the second-to-last try, I did have a feeling of, like, man, they're actually going to pull this off. And, the, and that, that last try that Ramikapur Hupi scored did feel quite inevitable. You know, they, 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 it really felt like they'd had everything under control um, and really looked like a team that was was really confident in, in pulling off that that victory, and I think a lot of it was down to Bryn Gatland. Um, I have to say he was he was really impressive after, and a really uh, impressive way of bouncing back after the way that game at Eden Park finished last week. So some really pleasing stuff uh, from the Chiefs there. Uh, after that result against the Blues. And I think that they're really going to be there at the business end um, after that. But, um, yeah, also just a couple of question marks over the Crusaders, I think. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Mark? I know you're a Blues fan, mate, and the Blues got to go there next weekend. The Crusaders in this game made over 240 tackles, which is twice what they would normally make. Uh, As a Blues fan, that must give you a little bit of hope coming into this weekend. They might just be a bit battered, a bit bruised. Yeah, look, but I'm not sure the Blues are necessarily playing at their best either. They look very vulnerable at times, um, still seem to just be able to drop their concentration at key moments and allow the opposition in. But look, just going back to that Chiefs performance, I, 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 
you know, again, Brent Gatlin, you know, arguably his best game in Super Rugby, mate, arguably maybe his best game as we've seen as a professional. There has been sort of discussion over whether Warren Gatlin, you know, a couple of seasons ago, for he didn't see me last year because of the Lions tour, whether he'd sort of brought back the um, British sort of coaching model of the 10-man game and whether or not he had the ability to coach sides at a Super Rugby level, which is very much the 15-man game. And I think we saw a really nice balance with that Chiefs team. Um, you know, look, the Boschier brothers, I mean, you know, um, Caelan Boschier you know, steps in where his brother left off and says he looked magnificent. But what about Peter Gus um, Saukula, um, along with some of Sony um, um, uh, Takiao? I mean, these are two guys who I think the All Blacks are desperately calling out for. You know, one of our big weaknesses in recent times is in the fourth, is getting across the advantage line. And, and look, I look at a guy like Peter Gus Saukula, and he just, I, I just don't I hope they don't prejudice him just based on sort of his stature and the way he sort of looks and the way he carries himself. You know, I think the All Blacks in the past have sort of made this mistake of trying to, you know, look at reasons why a player is not good enough. I, I think with the way things played out last year, I think we now need to start looking at players and say, why are they good enough? Now, look, admittedly, it is only early season here at the moment, but I thought those two players were simply magnificent. I think this boss year is all class. And saying that, um, how good was Plumtree for the Blues uh, wearing the number six jersey equally on Friday night against the Highlanders? I mean, where did he come from? So, look, loose forward stocks look good. Yeah, loose forward stocks, uh, stocks look very good. Yeah, Tane Plumtree, uh, John Plumtree's son, six foot five, running around in a six jersey. Plenty of depth uh, there for not just uh, New Zealand, but for the Blues as well. Hey, Mark, uh, just uh, something that uh, Jamie brought up, and you've worked in high performance sport before, and I, yep. I, I just want to ask you about the mental toughness of someone like Bryn Gatlin. He misses that penalty in the last minute against the Blues uh, and then comes back with a performance like that, plays the full 80 in a hostile atmosphere in Christchurch and gets a win against the Crusaders. Uh, how, how tough is that and, uh, and and what sort of process do you think he went through to get there? Well, I think it's time in the game now. I think he's matured. I think if he put himself in that situation three, four, five years ago um, when he was pretty much sort of a rookie beer playing for North Harbour, he might not have bounced back from it. That's what you expect. I guess that's why they're getting the starting roles, aren't they? Um, they're getting the start out there in the 10 jersey because they do have that mental fortitude. And I'll always say it. I mean, if you're going to pick an athlete, you always pick a guy with the top two inches over anything. And if you're not sure how to identify that, you know, maybe, and look, I'm going off track here, but maybe, you know, send them on to me, say, your scores and let those guys evaluate. But your really, really um, gutsy performance indeed. Um, from Ben Gatlin to bounce back after a, a bit of a disaster, um, as you alluded to. Yeah. Now, uh, Jamie, uh, coming back to you, you, you know, you, uh, Mark there was mentioning mentioning a few names uh, in terms of people that could be in the All Black frame. I know hooker is a specialty of yours uh, from your days in Paniki, uh, but you know, we are seeing, you know, it's the the salad days, I guess you'd say, of of Dane Coles. Uh, I don't know how much longer we have got Cody Taylor for. What do you make of our depth at hooker at the moment from a national point of view? Uh, yeah, well, just, just quickly back on Bryn Gatland, I, I think it's important to note that it's not actually the first time he's done that in the Super Rugby game. Um, if you remember, remember a couple of years ago, he slotted that droppy for the Highlanders against the Chiefs. Um, so, you know, the, the pedigree's there for a guy with ice in his veins. So, you know, I think it's definitely worth keeping on. But back to your original question, um, I'm a lot less concerned around the hooking position than I was, say, this time a year ago after the emergence of Samasoni Takiyahu. I think he really could be the guy... Uh, that could carry the All Blacks for the next sort of next couple of World Cup Cup cycles um, if he stays healthy and fit. 
but behind him, yeah, there is a there is a little bit of a gap though. I mean, obviously Coles and Taylor are still there. I think Taylor is going to do enough to hang on to that starting spot um, the rest of the year. And Coles, you know, if he just manages his body all right, like he's there, he's got the experience. Um, and uh, he, I guess he's got the motivation to take him through to the next World Cup. So I, like I said, I'm a lot uh, more comfortable with our hooking stops at the moment. Um, behind that, though, yeah, I mean, if there's an injury or something, yeah, we might have a bit of a problem because I think I, I'm guessing like the next channel off the rank would be um, uh, Liam Coltman or someone like that. So whenever you're sort of scratching your head thinking about like, mm, who's coming next, there, there might be a little problem there. But there is three solid options there at, at Hooker um, going into the two season. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Kurt Eklund as well. He, he's had a good start to the season. How far away do you think he is? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I, I'd just like to see a bit more out of Kurt Eklund in terms of like minutes on, on, the, on the ground. Um, I, I'd like to be able to see him in some pressure situations because Hooker is a spot where when it really comes down to it and you're needing to score some tries uh, in the last 10 minutes, the, the pressure really is on, on the hookers to nail their line-out throws, nail their set-piece. Um, and I'd just like to see him put into those positions um, in those in that last 10 because if he was to make the All Blacks, that's when he's going to be coming on in games. Um, so to see him there at the end, uh, I, I'd like to see him kind of pass a few of those tests first. It is uh, 10.29 here on SENZ. This is Mornings with Ian Smith. Ricardo sitting in for him and uh, our Dilmar expertise are Jamie Wall and Mark Watson. We're going to talk Warriors. We're going to talk the White Ferns against Australia and more with the uh, Dilmar, Dilmar expertise. After this, it is Aroa with News and Sport. The Expertise Panel, brought to you by Dilma. Do try it. It is 29 away from 11 and back into the Expertise Panel. Thanks for waiting uh, there, gentlemen. Jamie Wall and Mark Watson with me. Of course, the NRL got uh, in action over the weekend. We saw the Warriors play the Dragons, and the more things change, the more they stay the same. Jamie, the Warriors, two points outside of the eight. Yeah, they're uh, their spiritual home. Um, good to see they've uh, checked themselves in there uh, nice and early in the season. Um, but yeah, it was a very ho-hum start to the season uh, for them. Uh, the, I, I saw enough out of Sean Johnson to think, like, well, if you can just sort of do a few more of those things on a weekly basis, like some, some stuff might be happening. Uh, worth mentioning that they, they are still missing, obviously, Matt Lodge and Reese Walsh, like two guys who they are you know, expecting to have big things out of the season, but that, that wasn't a great St George team that they 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 lost to yesterday, and that's got to be kind of concerning. And I, I just I just wonder if Nathan Brown is is the right guy. If he just doesn't seem ambitious enough uh, to to take the Warriors where they where they should be, which is you know playoff contenders, and it just uh, feels like another one of those seasons where everything's going to get written off. Way, way before the playoffs actually start. Um, but uh, happy to be proven wrong there, boys. Um, go out and prove me wrong, please. Yeah, yeah. Mark, um, I, I was talking to uh, some diehard Warriors fans uh, leading into this week, and they were looking at the draw and saying, you know, the first five games, the toughest opponent we've got is the Titans. We could be 5-0 and or 4-1 and after after five <laughs> games. Um, well, the, the, the one's already there, mate. I, I don't know. What was your take? 
did you ask those Warriors fans whether they believe in the tooth fairy or the Easter Bunny or Father Christmas? Because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's just season after season, isn't it? Is um, Nathan Brown the right coach? Well, how many coaches have we had? Look, I think it's still a bigger issue there. I was disappointed when he came out and said, look, let's just, you know, the goal was to make the eight. What do you mean make the eight? That's you've got a 50% chance of doing that. All it does is extend your season by a week. You know, we should be we should be thinking about the top four. It's funny, the great running coach, Arthur Lydia, always used to say to Peter Snell and the boys, don't look at the New Zealand record book, look at the world record book, you know, aim high. But I think that one of the biggest problems with the Warriors is that, you know, it's rugby league trying to sort out rugby league. And I think the Warriors actually need to look outside of rugby league for some answers, get some other people in different sports who have a really good understanding of performance and high performance and systems. You know, we've had in the past players turning up overweight and, you know, somehow they're allowed to get away with it. If a player turns up to pre-season training overweight, they are not committed. They are going to let you down at some point. They clearly do not want this. And I found myself flicking between rugby league and the Crusaders on Saturday night and you know, we played okay in patches. I thought Sean Johnson actually played oh well. Vanilla Blake played okay, but you know, yeah, sort of the moment they come under any pressure on their own line, it's just like, oh, deja vu, deja vu. And then let's, you know, then everyone tell me how we, I don't get it. No, I do get it. We're not very good at it. And we've got to stop trying to just be this development team equally for New Zealand Rugby League. Just pick the best players. Whether they're all Australians, I don't care. This is not a national team, it's a franchise. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Uh, Jamie, in terms of um, where the problem is, I know you mentioned Nathan Brown, but I thought it was interesting from Mark that he said it might, uh, you know, how many coaches do you have to go through? I, I, you know, sort of compare it to somewhere like, say, Manchester United since Sir Alex Ferguson. How many managers have they gone through? But it's always the manager that uh, bites the bullet, but the same problems continue. I mean, do they need to look at Cameron George? Do they need to look higher up? Well, yeah, I mean... They they might as well because they've looked everywhere else. Um, it's 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 hard. It's really hard right now putting a cage on the Warriors because obviously they're doing it way tougher than every other team, and they're into their yeah, third season now of being based away from where they want to be, and it makes it a really difficult um, period for acquiring talent um, both on and off the field because you kind of don't know where you're going to be um, in, in a few months. Uh, so I'll give them that that bit of slack uh, straight off the bat. But, I mean, if you just look at the history of the Warriors and just how many coaches they've gone through, and then you look at successful teams, you know, dynasty teams, and what their coaching situation is, where, you know, the Broncos have Wayne Bennett for you know, 20 years. Um, and it's how the Warriors can acquire a guy like that, um, a, guy, a, guy like, a guy like Nathan Cleary, uh, uh, Ivan Cleary, rather, um, oh, I would have got Nathan Cleary as well, but and and hold on to him for a long, long time and let him build something out of it. Uh, because really, the, the NRL is very light on what you call premiership-winning coaches, and the Warriors need to make themselves an attractive destination for not just players but coaches as well. And they've never managed to do that. Perhaps it's because they play in the crappiest part of Auckland. I don't know, uh, but they need to. They need to make themselves a place where a decent coach wants to come. And I don't know how they're going to do that, uh, but they need to well, start looking at that. 
Yeah, but, but you do that by winning, don't you? That's the way you do it. You do it by winning. And again, I think it, 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 I do believe it goes higher up the chain. I think just I just think rugby league generally used to go on about the cricketers not understanding that you know the definition of a warm up was a cigarette, the definition of warm down was a beer. And I sort of still see that's a little bit with rugby league. You've only got to see the scandals that are constantly happening in the field when it comes to the NRL. Every week there's someone doing something dumb. Doesn't matter how much education, there are just people doing dumb things. Um, look, in regards to should we, you know, give them a little bit of a cuddle because they're playing away from home? Well, look, you know, three years ago, they finished 13th. They were playing at home. They had all their family and they were still crap. Um, it doesn't wash with me. There's people here losing businesses. There's people here who are working 80 hours a week in a toothbrush factory to go along and try and support these clowns. And they just need to take a long, hard look at themselves. Yeah, nicely said, Mark. Uh, don't hold back. Don't hold back. He never does. Uh, Mark Watson, uh, one of our uh, Dilma expertise here with us. And uh, Mark, I'll stick with you. Just uh, a final subject, uh, the White Ferns, the collapse against Australia. What is it with uh, the White Ferns and when something is on the line, when the, when the pressure is on, when this is for real and not just a warm-up game or whatever, uh, they seem to mentally not be able to cope. We saw it in that Windies game and we saw it again yesterday against an Australian team who we'd convinced convincingly beaten in a warm-up match. Yeah, look, I think psychologically both our men's and women's cricket team just seem to have this big sort of uh, mental block when it comes to playing Australia and cricket on the big occasions. Uh, look, I, I just don't think we're very good. And if you actually look at the record of the White Ferns in the last couple of years, we haven't played well in England last year. We haven't played well in Australia in recent times. And again, they come into this World Cup, they win a couple of warm-up games against them, you beat Australia and suddenly everybody's filling them to be world champions. Um, we just simply don't have the depth. I also think, too, that I think they've been manufactured and promoted to sort of um, the same level as the men's team in regards to ability and celebrity, and I just don't think a lot of them can handle it. And I don't think a lot of them, to be perfectly honest, deserve it just at this point in their careers. Yeah, Jamie, your take on, on, on the Ferns and what we saw yesterday, that collapse, and, the, and even the fact that they didn't manage the game. I mean, you know, tournament, uh, net run rate could be important, but mm-hmm. they couldn't bat out the 50 overs in a loss either. Well, you talk about the Warriors being disappointing. This is far worse, in, in my opinion. I mean, uh, let me get straight. There's, there's no shame in losing to the Australian women's cricket team, given the, the amount of talent and resources that they have at their disposal. It's no shame to even be thumped by them. Uh, but to leave 20 overs or unbulked out there in a, in a limited overs match in a tournament, uh, that's unforgivable, in, in my opinion. Uh, and you don't need... Uh, coaching staff or someone running out to tell you like, hey, like this is a situation now, we need to just bat this out so we have a better chance of making semi-finals. The players should have known that. They really should have. Um, and, I mean, they, they played the first things pretty well. I thought, you know, 269 was it's a competitive total, but competitive means it's achievable uh, for the other team as well. But the Aussies just cleaned them out in the first, I think, seven overs, took away any chance of New Zealand possibly winning that game. And it should have been in the minds of the players, like, okay, how do we solve something out of this? And, yeah, I was just incredibly disappointed uh, by the way that game unfolded. Yeah, no, good stuff, gentlemen. Thanks very much. This has been our Dilmar panel with our Dilmar expertise coming from Jamie Wall and Mark Watson. I really appreciate your time, gentlemen. Go well and enjoy your day. Thanks, Ricardo. Cheers. Cheers, Ricardo. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.